undrenched crowd right now, and it is a mighty welcome drenching in contrast with the drenching they received yesterday with the hard downpour. The ball has popped up outside first and foul Welcome to the BBA Today, your podcast that covers events around the Brewster Baseball Association every day with your host, Yellow Springs 9 General Manager, Ron Collins. And now, let's get on with the show. Alrighty, it is episode 29 of the BBA Today, and um, I am quite excited here today because I have a gentleman with me that I have not had the opportunity to uh, do a one-on-one podcast for a while. I think the first one and only one was uh, GM's Corner number four. Today I have the walking rain out with me, Fred, Mexico City Holmes. (laughs) (laughs) Yikes. That's not a nickname anyone wants to have. Well, I don't know. It seems like it's like a badge of honor for the... Call call me a wet blanket. (laughs) Well, we wouldn't go that far. A a rainout is much more exciting because, you know, as I've seen from the uh, Bull Durham review, you can at least run around and slide into second base on your rainouts. That's true. You can do that. You really can't do that on a wet blanket, or if you do, you know, (laughs) you get really bad rug burns or something. Something, yeah. So anyway, the uh, Mexico City Aztecs, for the past several weeks, I have been touting uh, Mexico City as in the playoffs, um, you know, with that uh, band of, of four or five games it seemed like you had on much on many of the many of your opponents in the wild, wild Johnson lead uh, wildcard race. But uh, things don't seem to be going quite so right now. It seems like Mexico City is in a bit of a freefall. What in the world is going on there, Fred? When all those when all those games in hand turn into losses, that doesn't uh, doesn't help your cause so much. <laughs> it's pretty much pretty much how it is. This is the first uh, the first sim the whole season that I have been outside the playoff picture. I'm not terribly excited about that. Yeah, you're proving me wrong. Is what you're doing. It's you're making Justin Niles look better than me. Well, I, I like proving you wrong. I just wish it wasn't at the expense of my own <laughs> my own 2042 season goals. Yeah, you're two and eight in your last ten in Mexico City. I think uh, you said that uh, you had a one and six uh, sim this last time through. Yep. Uh, fell a slot in the frontier to Boise. Boise is now uh, what a about a game ahead of you. Um, yep, you're a game up. I think Edmonton has pretty much hit the afterburner, so they're probably long gone for for the uh, division as far as that's concerned. They've been um, uncatchable for eight weeks or so now, at least. Yeah, ever since uh, ever since again, Justin made his comment that they weren't gonna they were gonna fall out and lose <laughs> everything. Um, pretty much, Chris Robillard said, "Screw you guys." <laughs> Freaking loudmouth. <laughs> Uh, so what is happening? What what uh, what is with the? You had a big push early in the season, like you said, you banked a bunch of wins. Uh, what's the downfall? The offense is just flat, completely uh, completely flatlined. I tried to, you know, I was talking to a few people around the deadline about a couple of small deals, and you know, I I had people asking for stuff that I wasn't willing to give up for a push this year. So I guess the biggest the biggest factor in it all is Dashiell Fairborn completely hitting the wall this year. He's been lumping into oblivion and has had just a hideous, miserable year on all accounts. So yeah, he's not even he's, doing anything with the glove, is he? What's his no, score? his glove is miserable. He's got a negative. Oh no, his plus point seven zone rating in 109 games. 
So, not definitely good. Not, definitely not Ozzy Smith-like. Uh, not anymore, nope. There you go. That's good. That's, that's the guy I still owe $33 million to, so. <laughs> Yikes. I might be writing him a big check and finding finding someone else to play there next year. <laughs> yikes! 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 That um, that hurts the budget before it's all said and done. Yeah, I don't I don't have like even thinking back way back to when I started, I don't have many contracts that I regret, but this might end up being one of them. There you go. Well, you may also made a deal earlier. Was it earlier this year um, for Jared Thieler? Uh, was yep. it Charlotte? I, I think that was Charlotte. Yeah, it was Charlotte. Um, shipped off Joey Newhouse um, and a reliever, if I remember right. Yep. Um, how are you feeling about that deal? Is uh, feeling going to be the guy for a while? Feeling miserable about that deal because he's rocking a 603 OPS. And, uh, I mean, he's doing okay at second, I believe. Please hold. Uh, no, negative, point, negative 2.3 zone rating at second base. So he has come over here and promptly stopped performing. Uh Newhouse went the other way, and in Charlotte, he has an 869 OPS and 1.3 WAR, hitting 307, 378, 491. So, so you're you're saying that the Mexico City fans are pretty well enamored with the walking (laughs) rain out? Yeah, yeah. The last the last three years of uh, yeah, the owner'd be be getting pretty squirrely if we could get fired in this game. I can tell you that. Well, let me ask, uh, if you look at, you're, you're talking about budget and so forth with Fairborn, um, what are the plans with, is it Sin May, uh, Sin May your catcher, owe, you owe him $20 million next year if you exercise that team option. Yeah, I sure do. But I know you got a kid, um, I can't remember his I, name. Kyle Baker. Kyle Baker, there you go. Um, that who seemed like earlier this year was on the borderline of being ready is uh, is that a place where you might think about um, making a deal or just doing a executing that team option uh, to get rid of them or maybe- yeah if there's if there's a deal to be made I'll try and make it um, but I I don't know I mean at this point uh, May's May's ratings are not that much better than Baker's. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if you can pay a guy 500k or you pay a guy 20 million and get essentially the same performance, like you obviously know which one to take. You know, and the other kind of the the elephant in the room with all this is Pedro Rocha, who I have not signed to an extension yet, yes, and I've got a that. yeah, I've got a lot more budget room obviously if May's not in the picture, but. I mean, what do I do with Rosha? Like, do I keep him? Do I let him leave? I, I don't even know if I'll get a comp pick out of him this year, but do I want to pay a guy, what's he asking right now, $15.5 million over the next six years for whatever he's going to give me? I don't know. Yeah, and what is he, what is he, 27, 28? Is that- he's, he's 30. Oh, my goodness, he's 30, yes. That, yeah, six years for a 30-year-old 30, uh, 30 is... Um, a little uh, um, heartburn creating. <laughs> yep. Yeah, <laughs> I might I might try and get him. I mean, I think if it all works out like I'm thinking, it might be able to work out. If if I let my go, I can hopefully sign him to like a shorter kind of prove it type of deal with a couple options at the end and you know a little higher annual average just to get him to sign. But we'll see what happens don't know that I actually need him so if he's not going to sign a short-term deal he might be might be leading the free agent pitching market next year there you go 
that would be interesting. And with in the my situation, I'm uh, intrigued from the, you know from the outside because he's clearly been kind of a face of the organization for a little while here, or at least one of the major uh, major players. So I don't know how much heartstrings will play into that uh, before it's all said and done. But you're almost playing with house money if you if you were to not execute that. Uh, contract then theoretically you can still pay up to 20 million and it doesn't hurt you <laughs> yeah yeah i'm no worse off than i was than i would have been yeah yeah um so it's a it's an interesting game theory going on i was wondering what was uh what was going through your head there before it's all said and done mexico city is kind of a middle-ish uh range team i think as far as age is concerned um other than your catcher, what kind of kids do you have coming up? Uh, the big, kind of the two big ones are uh, Shinsaku Ine and AJ Mahoney, who are both up right now. Uh, Mahoney's been not great in his limited action, but um, hopefully will be better next year. Ine's had a good year uh, this rookie season. Mm-hmm. I've got a few relievers. I mean, Wilson Swain, I got in a deal with Louisville a few years ago. There's a few a few guys here and there. I don't have any like any of those show stopping top of the line prospects because I've been drafting you know in the second half of the first round for what feels like an eternity now. There you go. I feel like I should be winning more for drafting where I'm drafting, but well, you have been in a tough division. It's hard to it's hard to um, it's hard to judge exactly what the balance is between the frontier and the Atlantic is right this minute but for the past two years it's pretty clear that um if you weren't a really super uh, mega hot team in the frontier you were going to have some troubles <laughs> yeah so um so you might have hit a uh, hit one of those situations where you were at your you were peaking and, and at a peak but you had three or four um you know even vegas vegas and edmonton both won landis's without winning the frontier so that right. tells you something there uh do you see mexico city as being on the downside of a development curve or on the on the are you trying to just kind of run it out for as long as you can what's the what's i told the, myself uh, window here <laughs> I told myself this time around that I was going to try and stay good because I'm always real quick to just hit the eject button like when my team starts to take a downturn and just move guys while I can still get good value for them. But I think my team's still young enough and still cheap enough now. Like, my is the only guy on my whole payroll right now that's making more than $8.5 So my team is very affordable, but I also don't have that top-end talent that you kind of need to get that push over the end, you know? And that's I, I don't know if that's just like my whole build theory has been wrong on this because I haven't been going for those super high end guys or, you know, I don't know. I don't really know. Something I'm just figuring out on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best way. Just just make it happen minute by minute. Yep. Before it's all said and done. Yeah, I don't know. That's a um, um, I would I've been the whole frontier division is extremely interesting to watch. Um, in how you guys do what you do, uh, because I think from the GM perspective, you all have very interesting personalities and interesting ways you go about building things. Um, 
you know, uh, having Joe roll into the league in Boise adds a different flavor. Chris Robillard obviously is a this high volume, uh, high end kind of a guy. Uh, Kevin is just just relentless, right? I yeah, mean, <laughs> perpetually, perpetually. Just great teams up in Calgary. Yeah, and San Antonio, I don't know poor Mike. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's got some great players, and he does. when I was talking to him earlier and I said I watched the moves that he makes, and I think, well, yeah, those don't don't seem like bad moves to me. And he occasionally he'll sign a deal that I would scratch my head on, but it seems to always basically work out for him unless they get hurt. <laughs> yeah, right. and that's just, that's just been it. He's been so snake bit. I mean... What do you do? Yeah. Just got to keep plugging away at it, you know. And um, and Brett in Vegas and Sean in Phoenix are uh, just always got interesting and high quality things going on. And Nigel in Wichita, my God, I can't figure out what the hell Nigel was doing, but for a while there, it was working just great, you know. Yep. Um, so um, before that's all said and done, I look at what you do, uh, which seems to be kind of a middling. Um, you know, you seem to like those guys who can just get things done you know, rather than go for the mega star power. Um, so I don't know how that plays in the in the frontier for the next couple of years. It's just I scratch my head every time I think about what Mexico City is going to be like in two years. Yeah, or what or what I should do in two years. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I had one year, one year in Omaha where I did like the mega star power. I'd made a deal with Stu to get um, Sunshine Rodriguez, and that kind of put my whole lineup together just as like a murderer's row from top to bottom. And then he hit like 440 in in April, and then got hurt for the rest of the year at the end of that month. And it was just like, well, I guess that's a thing that happened. Yeah, that's you know, a part of the problem when you do the do the superstar unless you get lucky and have you know like uh, Rockville put together their team with eight five you know eight Minsal guys rookies coming up that were all brilliant right I mean that's yep a, that's uh, Nirvana if you can work that out but yep you, know, you gotta I mean, but you gotta get those guys and then you gotta get them through healthy and you gotta get them all on the same development curve and there's a lot of like there's a lot of just little things that can go wrong that whole way that throw that whole plan just into the into the meat grinder. Yep, a lot of moving parts. And I also wonder, what do you think, um, how does the divisional structure, um, eight teams in each division, 16 in each league, does that change the way you look at uh, building teams or not at this stage? Have we been in it long enough for you to feel on that? I, I generally don't tend to pay too much attention with team building to what everyone else is doing. I mean, when you got, like, when Stever and I were in a division, obviously you know that he's going to have eight and a half left-handed hitters every day out there. So you kind of build towards left-handed pitchers and those kind of things. But, I mean, when I'm when I'm worried about my team, I'm worried about my team. You know, I'll trade in the division. I'll do all that stuff that a lot of guys tend to not do because I just think that you got to put you got to put yourself first and watch out for number one. You know, I'm not going to be worried what Brett's doing in Vegas or what Kevin's doing in Calgary when I'm trying to trying to make deals and acquire guys and do those kind of things. I think that it are it makes a it makes a tough trading environment a lot harder when you try and factor in all of those variables all at the same time. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and I'm I asked the question mostly because I'm intrigued with <laughs> I'm intrigued with the answer because I don't know the answer myself. Um, I've started to ask myself the question though. Um, because 
from a personal standpoint, Yellow Springs is going to hit an apex that I've talked about uh, a couple of times here. Um, probably not next year, but in 2044, all of my young guys are going to get really expensive really soon, and I'm going to have to start making some decisions on what to do uh, that will be more painful than the usual decisions that I've been making. <laughs> I see that. Um, and so as I'm, I'm looking at the at the at the structure and it's like, man, if you're not in the top three of your division, you're in some trouble, I think, before it's all said and done, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's like trouble, trouble, but you are definitely like in the churning, like the maelstrom of the mid-grade, you know, the wild card mess that we've got, that everyone's got going on right now. Mm-hmm. You know, ideally you want to try and keep your feet above that, but that's that's real hard to do. <laughs> We've got a lot of really talented GMs in the league that <laughs> that are doing a lot of good things. Yeah, and I completely agree with that, too. Um, and I've said this, I feel weird because I, I've said this a few times in the past, but it just keeps getting more and more so. Um, you know, I just ran through all the general managers in the frontier and if you just basically step down and look at the Atlantic, right? I mean, Alan, I'm, uh, even if Alan is leaving, um, Alan has been brilliant in Brooklyn doing things that nobody else can figure out, right? Yeah. Aaron is rock solid, right? Um, uh, the Montreal organization has been uh, flipping a little bit. John was rock solid beforehand. I've got a uh, Jeffrey seems to be in in pretty good stead. He's got them doing things that I didn't think that they could... I, I didn't think Montreal was going to still be in the race at this point. And, no, I would not have picked that. And um, and it's they're looking pretty strong, right? Uh, Jim, obviously, in New Orleans is, is uh, a brilliant uh, <laughs> uh, general manager. Uh, Joshua has earned my respect in Atlantic City. Brandon in mm-hmm. Charm City. Um, I think Brett, too, in Charlotte is, has come up the curve and is now, you know, uh, doing some good things. I I know Greg personally uh, in Jacksonville. He's got a rebuild to go through, but you yeah. can see his activity is already uh, showing the kind of guy that he's going to be. And I can do the same thing in each one of the divisions in the Frick um, Frick League. This is a a out of the park online league that is just rock full of guys who know how to do things. Um, right. And it's even made more interesting by the fact that, like I said, I can go through each one of the folks in the frontier and you can see a different flavor for a different way they put together teams and how they like things done differently, but they all kind of work. So Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, a a bunch of rambling on and making it sound like the VBA is just the greatest thing, but of course it is, (laughs) so... Um, maybe maybe minorly biased, but that's okay. Maybe minorly biased, but I will admit that I have been in at least uh, three or four, I guess, of the uh, of the big granddaddy leagues, and they're all fun and they're all good. Uh, but this one is beginning to take on a flavor of its own. So, <laughs> um, so take that, be that as it may be. All of you other leagues out there who are obviously uh, hanging on every word that goes on in the BBA. Um, you know, keep an up, stiff upper lip. I think you're all great, but it's just that the BBA is better. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> well, what else uh, what, what else have you got to say about Mexico City? Um, uh, roof in the future, not in the future? 
Ugh, no. No, 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 no. The rainouts are part of the appeal. Like, it's it's just funny for me, even though my team has been, you know, like a, a monotonous slog for three months here. Like, it's fun It's fun for me to look at the schedule and, like, get the sim email and be like, wow, I played nine games this sim. <laughs> that's that's really something. You know, I... Well, see, I'm, I'm rooting for a mega rainouts at the end of the year and just push that schedule back because I've got Rex Foster who just got hurt for like six to seven weeks and if you can push the schedule back about another week and a half there's a chance that he might still be able to play in the playoffs uh, well week and a half is kind of tough because uh April's or August rather September whatever stupid month we're in now September is kind of after the rainy season for me, so I start to make up a lot of these games. But we'll see what happens. I only have two off game, two off days left in September, so after that, those games are going to start getting pushed back into October. So okay, maybe yeah. we'll see. We'll see what I can get done for you. Well, get that. Yeah, do that. Get that rain dance going because I need <laughs> I need that extra that extra time there. So, uh, alrighty. Well, thanks for your time here this evening. Um, I appreciate you making making that extra time for me and. Uh, uh, good luck. Uh, knock on wood, we'll still see Mexico City in the playoffs, but it is getting pretty tight. It is getting tough. You know, i got to flip it around here in the last couple of weeks. We'll see. <laughs> well, give you give your guys a, the big pep talk and uh, you know, tell them to go out and make a couple of rainouts for me. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> I'll send them a case of beer or something so they can you know, have something to do for a while. Cerveza. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, well, thanks, Fred. Have a great night. Thank you, Ron. You too. You've been listening to the BBA Today, a podcast that covers the Brewster Baseball Association every day. Music is Bold Statement, available at FesleyInStudios.com and used in attribution. Be safe and well, and we will hear you again tomorrow. <laughs>